Welcome to Papa's House Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Charles. For more information about this service, visit Papa's House India by logging in into SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube and Facebook. I thought I will crack some couple of jokes. So there's a little son told his dad, um, Dad, there's a small get-together at school tomorrow. Father said, small get-together? How small? Son said, only me, you, and the principal. <laughs> uh, let me read another one. I can only please one person per day, and tomorrow is also not looking good either. I don't have an attitude problem, but you have a perception problem. These are all dry puns, if you understand. I don't know. You guys look at me like, this guy, what the heck? Uh, my reality check bounced. Okay, this is, my wife does that. So, Aaron, you need to tell if it is true or not. Why women, when they do eyeliners, have to open their mouth? <laughs> you don't know, right? Okay. <laughs> anyway, but lift up your Bible and say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will put your words in my mouth. And I believe you have given me the word. And I pray that I will... Uh, communicate it in a way that brings glory to your name. And Lord, we are not here to be entertained. We are here to be edified and empowered so that the King of glory may be exalted in our life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I feel the Lord gave me a word from Ezekiel 37. The topic goes like this. The word of the Lord brings life. And uh, I believe this word is not a magic book. It's... It's not a religious book. Have you heard about Voltaire? Anybody heard of Voltaire? Voltaire was a profound atheist who lived in the early 20th century. And he said, Christianity, the Bible will be forgotten 100 years from now. He's a French guy, okay? But the humorous part of God is so humongous and it's hilarious. You know what God did? The Geneva Bible Society bought Voltaire's home and they were selling and distributing Bible from Voltaire's home for more than 50 years, even after Voltaire passed away. The guy who made this, you know, and even Mao Zedong, the premier of China, he said, Christianity in 1968, he said, Christianity will be wiped out from China. Mao Zedong gone, now Qi has come the fastest growing, it's one of the top three fastest growing churches in the world. One among them is China. So, word of God brings life. And I believe very solidly in my heart, I'm convicted in my spirit, that when God speaks to us, He, he really wants us to capture His heart so that this word does something in us that produces life. And life, when I mean is, it's not just a happy goosebump feeling. It's not just a, a weird sensation. It's to really see 
the image of God formed in us. Amen. And that's why in John chapter 4, verse 24, it says, you will worship the Lord in truth and in spirit. And we are called to do that. And worship, we have somehow, we think worship is to do with some songs on Sunday, but it is more than that. It is a lifestyle of what God is calling us. Now, I wrote down a few statements here, but I want you to read the book of Ezekiel. It's a very weird chapter, you know, and Ezekiel 37. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Ezekiel. Ezekiel is one of the major prophets. There are four major prophets. Uh, one is Ezekiel, another one is Daniel, and Isaiah and Jeremiah. And Isaiah quoted more scriptures about Jesus. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. He was a teenager. When he was 17, God called him. Daniel was also a teenager. And he has to lose all his name as identity. And we talked about the life of Daniel. We meditate. And Ezekiel is the weirdest one. And if you look at the life of Ezekiel, Ezekiel means God will strengthen me. Our God strengthens me. That's what Ezekiel means. And Ezekiel was the contemporary along with these guys. So this guy, Ezekiel, went through horrendous situation, leaving his family, leaving his, uh, you know, his familiarity like these other guys. But then God used this guy to really bring the word of the Lord in a very messy situation. You know, how many of you had the word of the Lord in a messy situation and it brought life? Amen. You were in a pit, in a challenging situation, and then the word God brings and He takes you out. Amen. That's the goal of what God wants to do in our life. So Ezekiel lived a, a very crazy situation, and I will read a few things what he did. It's not in the screen. And just before we go into this, uh, uh, Ezekiel basically, <laughs> if you look at Ezekiel, uh, God told him, you know, all these four major prophets did weird things. For example, Isaiah, if you read Isaiah 20, God told him that he should walk naked and barefoot for three years. If, if these Old Testament prophets are right now with us, we would not have them in our church because they are crazy kind of lunatic people, you know. So imagine a prophet walking in barefoot and naked for three years. And God was like speaking to the children of Israel, like, hey, you will be like this. You, are, you have no protection. Your nakedness, your sin is exposed. Like, for example, Daniel, God put him in a place where he is not going to eat any meat, no wine, no king's meat. I'm going to eat just water and vegetables. <laughs> Imagine, after church, we have a mutton biryani. You come and say, Tair Sadam is okay for me. I will be like, I need to pray for deliverance for you, you know. And not just one day. That's your lifestyle. And look at Jeremiah in chapter 27. You know, he had his yoke on his neck. And, and, then, and he bought a belt and he hid it in the rock. And people asked him like, what are you doing it? Why are you walking with a yoke on your neck? No, this is what the Lord is going to do to the people of Israel. And Ezekiel is the weirdest one. And chapter 3, God told him, eat the scroll. So yes, they didn't know Bible. There is no e-version. There was a papyrus. They used to write all this Torah. And God told him, eat the scroll. He ate it. And then chapter 24, his wife died. God told him, don't mourn for his wife. And chapter 4, God told him to lay down on the left side. He has to lay down and sleep left side for 430 days. That's more than one year. Can you imagine the way you sleep? 
all the time people are looking at ezekiel he sleeps only on the left side 430 years and then god told him now you can sleep on the right side and guess what ezekiel question would be how many days i am going to sleep on the right side and then he said 438 is for the south kingdom they will be under captivity 40 years for the north kingdom they will be under captivity i think it's other way around so it's in chapter 4 and then ezekiel god told him in chapter 12 make a hole in the wall and go in the night don't open the door and go imagine you come to my home and i am knocking the wall and i'm trying to get in charles what are you doing he says i'm making a door and you look at me like anna you have one i think more doors more windows oh here you're making a hole no 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 this is what the lord said you will be like this one day you will be in a hurry you have to make a hole and in the door and then go in the night look at this and then chapter 5 god told him cut your beard this is what the ezekiel was told cut your beard and make three portions the first portion you burn it the second portion you throw it in the wind imagine i come and you say throw it in the wind you will think this guy is a lunatic this has happened I'm, this is in the bible one you burn it one you throw it in the you know wind and the third one you keep it in your pocket so every time i take it i have a kerchief but i have a piece of my own beard with me and this this guy did all those things and god said this is what going to happen among your people one will be under the burn they will be burned one will be under the sword they will be scattered one will remain the weak and the poor will be remaining there in chapter 5 you do this meditation on this and then this is the weirdest of the weirdest one i kept that weirdest one for the last god said to him make a cake but not out of wheat out of human dung he said lord i can't do this then god said okay make it in the cow dung this is what ezekiel was doing so god did weird stuff but the most interesting part is this verse and the 28th and in between there is something happening and i want to focus on that verse 5 it says let's read it together this is what the sovereign lord says to these bones i will make breath enter you and you will come to life then the nations will know that i the lord make israel holy when my sanctuary is among them forever you know this ezekiel 37 is a very interesting chapter if you read 47 it talks about the river of god flowing in ezekiel 37 he was brought into this place where there is a vision and he saw humongous dry bones everywhere and god started to say to ezekiel what do you see in this place how can you see and look at this verse the lord asked him the most interesting verse in the book of ezekiel chapter 37 is this verse is he says uh, in ezekiel 37 verse 4 it says he said to me prophesy to these bones and say to them o dry bones hear the word of the lord and thus says the lord god to these bones surely i will cause breath to enter into you and you will come to life and if you read the verse 3 he says he called to me and he said son of man can these bones live and i answered o lord god you know sometimes god will bring you into a situation 
and he will show you certain things and he will ask you what do you think about this what is going to be your opinion god will bring you to some cities for example or some people in your life or some situations in your life and he will ask you this question what do you think about this let's take for example vellur when you think about vellur what thought comes to your mind do you think vellur is going to be a more hopeless situation or you think vellur will one day bow before the king of glory when vellur was dry palar river god said to me and i am i am still believing that word one day palar river will flow again with water and he said to me prepare to buy a boat so i st- i'm still talking with one of my mallu friends in kerala and i'm praying for a boat and and i i put a little bit of money into the savings for the boat and he said it's going to cost at least 3 lakhs and i don't have 3 lakhs maybe i have 10 or 15000 we just kept it aside as a profitably one day there's going to be a boat you can get on that free ride but there is no such thing called free lunch but you know but it's going to happen it's going to be a place will come one day the river palar will again flow with water and you can see some slowly going on the lord said pray that the authorities will build a ridge around it so that the the neighboring and the cities around that where they were built will not be perished and i believe god is going to restore the city but this was the question the lord asked and this was the response of ezekiel so i answered verse 3 oh lord god you know you know that is that is not a statement of hopelessness it is a statement of trusting in the sovereignty of god when you look at a situation maybe in your department maybe in your house maybe in your family maybe in your in your relationships maybe in your city maybe in your nation maybe in your state when god exposes something he exposes the darkness not for you to feel bitter or irritated or not for you to exclude from that and create a bubble he exposes the darkness so that he wants you to co-create with him to speak life over the darkness so that the original design of god can be happening amen does it make sense now let's get into this uh, word now this is what happens the desire of the lord is to bring life over us God's original intention is to see that we are occupied with this life when the God, when God said I will breathe life over you it's not just he's saying I'm just going to give you life so that you can have your own life he's saying I want to breathe life over you so that you can be completely occupied with my life his life is not just an occupation or an accessories that we add on his life is what defines who we are church i believe this with all of my heart and i have said this to aaron on the other day when we were talking we are not meant to just do church on sunday it's more than that it's our life it, god didn't die on the cross he sent his son on the cross just for us to come on sunday and to have a so called christian life it's every area of our life has to reflect the life of jesus in our marriage it has to reflect the life of jesus in our relationships it has to reflect the life of jesus in our finances in our political view in our environment in every area of our lives 
it has to reflect the life of jesus if it is not reflecting something we have done we have reduced god to a mere event and sadly sometimes i feel and i think i'm right in this we have reduced god to an event we have reduced god to a day we have reduced worship to few songs we have reduced god to a place where we think by clicking a mark on sunday we have done something good for the, for the lord but it has to go more deeper than this it has to go into a place where god wants to bring his life in a deeper way and what happens when when we stop living when we stop living we don't experience life many people have stopped living many people just live monday to friday for jobs saturday for themselves sunday for god and this is the reality of many people they are tied up with work commitments and they just don't know why they are live they just do it because there is a pressure from people you know many people that i have seen and heard they are living other people's dreams parents dreams parents parents dreams grandpa's dream uncle's dreams friends dreams and they never they had a time and opportunity to sit and say god what's your dream that i have to live and this is what i wrote down i wrote down six things and we will will meditate on this what causes people to stop living because god is saying here i will breathe life over you okay if you say to god god breathe life over you life over me you know what you're saying you're saying god i am dead <laughs> hello the word revival people always say revival we need you know what is what that means revival means to acknowledge that you are dead lot of time we don't really want to acknowledge we are dead we are broken we need god's intervention we don't want to acknowledge why because it's very vulnerable the world says put up a right fight show you know in tamil they say vulundalum meesaila mannu ottla so you need to prove to the world even though you are broke you need to prove that you are doing well because that's you know even the statement in english fake it until you make it it's not true it's not in the bible so sometimes when we say to god lord i need your life what does that mean that means i am dead breathe on me so these are the six things that stops people to live number 1 bitterness it is one big issue that cripples the body of christ yesterday i was talking on a phone to one of the pastors and actually i didn't talk to him directly i talked to my sister who's closely worked his name is i don't want to mention it let's say john and the doctors have told him you have 7 months to live he got a treatment here in cmc and uh, but the cmc doctors have told him you have to take this medicine every day uh, then eventually you will be cured but then he went and got a second opinion and the second opinion says you have 7 months to live and as my sister was talking the holy spirit started talking to me he said ask her about his family i said gracie that's my sister's name gracie uh, does he have any brothers and sisters yeah na yeah yeah well, what's going on oh they don't talk they have a lot of issues the lord was telling me to tell him let go of the pain 
talk about communion why we take communion every week because we need to rely on ourselves you know our in-laws have become outlaws why because of bitterness you know how many challenging is last few days ago someone came to see vishwanathan you know vishwanathan is is an evangelist by himself is is wherever he goes he connects with people so somebody came and say vishu vishu i'm like who is vishu and then this guy says na thenga vikram sir i am a thenga salesman coconut salesman and then he says he started talking and i asked him questions it's like do you guys start the school i said for covid reasons we could not start next june god willing i have my sister's two kids i want them to join here and they've been married for 10 years in the 10 years they lived together only for four months in that four months the consequences of two child and he beats her he's a sadist he works in cmc and they told me all the details and i didn't and i felt the lord was telling there is so much bitterness and he, he goes to you know he kind of like a roman catholic i don't know the whole details but the challenge is this bitterness divides people divides families divides christians you know in the department one department another department they fight and then one person moves from that other person and then they have this weird stuff talking at the back this is not from the lord when you allow bitterness you know what you do you stop living number 2 depression depression is another sign that you are not living the life god lived you know what is depression depression is a spirit from the enemy that comes over a person in a form of a thought or an emotion that tells you you don't deserve to live that's called depression people are sometimes you know have the sense of like a blanket over them and they go this they don't have a desire to live desire to eat desire to even talk they just go into this closet mindset where they are like i am i am nothing i don't know why i am here depression and rejection they are like brothers you know what is it if you put together two of these you know what do you get suicide you put together two of these you get suicide spirit of death it is and you know how depression are formed depression are formed with small little resentments inside and it's never dealt with before the lord and you cannot can and it happens in a closed circle and i'm 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 prophesying over you guys don't allow this to get inside it comes subtly through family members through close kith and kins through relatives through workers through friends and it gets comes in and it comes very closely and it settles in your heart like a blanket that's why in isaiah 61 it says god gives you a garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness you read that scripture right isaiah 61 spirit of heaviness that's the that's the oppression it comes over you like a cloud you can't move you can't take care of yourself take care of your family take care of your husband you just live and you think it's impossible impossible and you think why i live there is no reason for me to live i want to pause here i want to pray if that's you or if you are knowing someone that that's going through right now just put your hand up towards heaven and you say god i reject the spirit of depression over my life over my family over my friends life come on church 
don't hold this father in the name of jesus we say to this depression you have no authority to come into our mind you have no authority to torment us yes the enemy's goal is to torment and we pray in the name of jesus the comforter will kick out the tormentor from our mind depression you have no room in our hearts in jesus name hallelujah so it's bitterness it's depression and the third one what causes people to not live is pride pride always puts you in the front i i did this i am this i am famous i have accomplished this i know better than anybody and this pride is not an intelligent living pride says i no need help prideful people are not grateful people prideful people they are not fragile enough to go and say i need help prideful people always think i am here because of my work look at the story of nebuchadnezzar he said i built non katina maga babylon alava in tamil bible it says like this you know i am the one who built this great babylon i have accomplished this i have done this when you put i in front it it means you have come to your place you are partnering with the devil and the bible says this is the fear of the lord i'm saying this with you guys god is not against anything but he says i'm against a prideful person can you imagine god is against you you don't want to fight that battle and i'll tell you in a moment what is the antidote of a pride how can we live that of course we know humility and humility is not just yeah you know oh, i'm nothing brother no that's not humility humility is embracing the life of jesus amen and number 4 fear fear causes people not to live fear tells you know someone said fear means false evidence appears real and fear tells i can't do this fear says you are not destined designed for this job you know recently i asked i said to my wife i i don't think you know i i'm meant for this job and then the lord has to rebuke me is like no that's not true you know sometimes you go through this battle in your life like it's like i man fear of approval disapproval fear of rejection fear of failure fear of unknown fear of future and this cripples you and into the place you know what can open up break these fears is the fear of god i think it was uh, one of the english uh, leonard ravenel writers who said the man who is intimate with god is not intimidated with others amen here was ezekiel who says according to his name god will strengthen me he is in a valley of dry bones and god is asking can this bones live today god is asking you is your marriage going to live your family going to live is your job going to live is your city going to live and you say god i have no clue only you know and god is saying now partner with me let's prophesy together partner with me let's prophesy together i don't want you to stay where you are but partner with me 
look at those dry bones look where this look at your marriage look at your family look at your finances look at your city and partner with me i am going to cross breath over this and you will live amen many times 50% of the christians see the part that is mess and they say this will not change this is this is how it is but god is inviting us partner with us to partner with him and to speak life when you speak life what god says in verse 28 then the nations will know that i the lord make israel holy and my sanctuary is among them you know what is a sanctuary god's dwelling place my prayer for you and me is that god will look at you and say people will look at you and say this people are not just visitors of some so called religion called christianity these people carry jesus the living god with them amen couple of more uh, uh things that that causes people to stop living is rejection rejection is a number one you know weapon enemy uses among us rejected you don't want to feel rejected every human being wants to feel belonged somewhere it's a, it's a desire nobody wants to look at you and say i don't like you nobody likes that you know and that's why even in facebook they made a, a, a rule that they are not going to put a dislike button you know they made an instagram tryout in in london they took 1000 people and they just a trial program they said if we can put dislike button in their instagram and they did a, a, a survey a test kind of thing and they found out those people who had the dislike button in them it's a voluntary program you know and you do the you know like the the vaccine you are the part of the research i'm just kidding but you know so <laughs> this is just a joke okay but they did this thing and and then they found out the people who had this dislike button they go through so much serious sense of rejection and depression and then they made a unanimous decision that they are not going to put a dislike button that's why they made the button called sad angry you know all those emojis because they before they made that they wanted to show if there is a dislike button imagine you put a picture on your facebook and you have four dislike button and one like tell me you tell me you will be happy tell me honestly i wanted to cast the demons out of the people who are disliked my photo yes sir no come on we are a holy spirit filled born again christians who can go through this tell about the guy who doesn't know jesus hello he will eat more ice cream more depressed hello think about it so this is what rejection does and last but not the least this word witchcraft what is witchcraft witchcraft saying god your original design i don't like it so i am going to do something on my part to take someone's design into mine that's called witchcraft it's a layman's you know reductionistic world view i'm giving you witchcraft basically says i don't like what i have but i like what she has i'm going to do whatever you know kurukuvali in tamil tamil they say shortcuts i'm going to take whatever it means to take what she has for me that's why in the bible god says he hates witchcraft and the best example is hey hab and jezebel 
they partnered together remember the story of ahab there was a guy next to that field he had a small piece of land he wants that you don't you remember the story thank you one brother said the rest of you like enga pa adu kada remember the story so he goes through that and he says i will do everything to take that and that and if you translate that even in our spiritual life sometimes we are not happy with how god designed and i will tell you my personal story i disliked the fact that i cannot sing because my brother is a beautiful singer wonderful musician and they say skill see kudupa na see what is see i know chi chi po you know but i don't know see you know d could po d i know but d i don't know you know so i grew up with the sense of dissatisfaction and and one day the holy spirit has to convict me i never made a mistake when i created you you know some and then i realized that when i embraced my identity i can celebrate others you know which craft people when they are so unhappy in who they are they are always jealous at others victories how come this guy how come this girl got married how come this guy got married how come he got the house you know why because they have never embraced their life that was designed by god now i'm going to finish it very quickly and this is what the lord told me when his life comes over us write it down six things happens we are forgiven and free from offense we are forgiven and free from offense i want to prophesy over you god is saying can this bones live can this relationship live can this marriage survive can this finances can be overcome this city can it be you know cleansed this city can it be restored when you partner with god what happens there is no room for bitterness you are forgiven and free from offense number 2 the joy of the lord becomes our emotion we are filled with the joy of the lord and joy of the lord is not just some kind of a happy feeling you know recently um, i am a ipl fan chennai super kings is my favorite team uh, if you are some other team the lord says love your enemies so i i still choose to love you so and before the lockdown they they would have passed chennai super kings went way down and i was praying and then the lord did a lockdown now again they started praying and we are beating every other game amen no amen but anyway so thank you love and you are saying quietly amen i can feel that you know but listen this is what it means i see my team wins i'm happy that is not joy you know what is joy everything else going mess around but deep peace in your heart that god and you are majority you know what is that is the joy of the lord joy of the lord is nothing to do with emotions joy of the lord is nothing to do with happenings happy comes from the word happenings joy of the lord is the presence of god in the midst of chaotic situation amen you know that you know that you and god are in the same boat that's what happens god when he looked at the bones and he said to ezekiel what do you see i see bones but you know lord the lord says okay now prophecy over this say with me agree with me 
I want you to take a 30 seconds. I want you to sit or stand, whatever. But lift up your hands and you say, God, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm done partnering with the devil, saying it will not, it will not be, it will not be fixed. It, that's it. I am done partnering with the devil, but I'm going to partner with you right now. And I'm going to agree with your mind and let the joy of the Lord will be my strength. Come on, let's 30 seconds praise him. Church, come on, open your mouth. Just say, God, I partner with you right now. Yes, I see chaos in my family. I see chaos around me. I see chaos in my work. I see chaos in my city. I see chaos in my streets. But I'm partnering with you. Yes. Come on, church. Come on, mean it. Thank you, see Jesus. The joy of the Lord is my primary emotion. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Number three, and this is what happens. When God's life comes over us, we are clothed with humility. Humility is, is like a cloth you put on. People say he's a humble person. Not because he's like, you know, we think, I grew up in a Pentecostal circle, no? The bigger the Bible you have, the greater, holier you are. And the, the, some people, they keep it like this and walk, you know, like this, Totra, yeah. No, that's not how humility. Humility does not mean, you know. And I remember going to church wearing a t-shirt and jeans and they said, hmm, he's wearing jeans and t-shirts. And my brother walks with white shirt and white shirt. Wow. I'm just saying, I'm not saying all of them with wear jeans and t-shirts are wrong or all of them white. Sometimes we think holiness is Humility is related to outward things. You know what is humility? When somebody compliments you, you take it back and you say to God, they're talking about you, Daddy. Christ in me is the hope of glory. They're talking about you. I give it all back to you. In other words, humility is taking all the credits but not keeping it with you but giving it to God. Amen. Somebody went to Daniel. I will give you this. I will give you that. Belsashar. If you interpret this, I will give you gold. Keep the gold with you. Today, they invite a pastor. Holy Spirit conference or a prophetic conference. They first ask, what first class ticket or business class ticket? How many people? Thousand people or two thousand people? You know, I remember writing to one famous prophetical leader. I want him to come to India. You know what was the question I was asked? How big is your church? Are you going to provide a first class ticket or a business class ticket? How big is your honorarium? I wrote down, we are less than 100 people. We cannot give you an honorarium. We can give you $100 honorarium. That's 8,000 rupees. And we can put you decent. And they said up to 2022 or 2023, calendar is full. Inside of me, I wanted to say, write again. No, no, no. It's actually, you know, we'll give you $10,000. We'll give you 1,000 people are there. I wanted to do that. But then I was like, that's, that's not right also, you know. Today we are selling anointing. Jesus never sold his anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Come on, church. Amen. So, we are clothed with humility. Amen. And number four, when the life comes, we are empowered with the fear of God. I think it was um, 
this guy, uh, D.L. Moody, who was the one who said, holiness is not a means to attain God. Christ, through Christ we attain holiness. And sometimes it's very important to realize the fear of God eliminates the fear of men. Imagine this. You and God are majority. Imagine this. I've said this thousand times. Imagine this all the time. Every single time. You plus God. What is that? Majority. But today we want all the approval of people. And we want to make sure everybody is happy so that we can feel good. Let me tell you, you can't make everyone happy. If you try to make everyone happy, you will be the most unhappy person on planet Earth. So what do you do? You better fear God. And today, fear of God is the least spoken subject in the church. Why? Because we, you know, recently the Lord started speaking to me. Yes, I am your papa, I am your daddy, I am your friend, I am your buddy, I am your, you know, your com comforter. But don't forget, I am your king. That is above all the kings. How do you approach the king? I read a little article how you have to meet the queen of England. You can't just go with sudden code. You can't just go with your torn jeans and you say, hey queen, give me a fist bump. Cool. You do like that, that's it. There are some things you never show your back to the queen. Do you know that? There are a few things and even when the queen comes, you kneel down and she leaves the sword and gives you a reward. You take it back and you move like this, few steps. There are protocols. You never make a toast when the queen does in the queen banquet. You never make a toast. You have to wait and you never start eating until the first the queen starts or the queen says, let's have. You never sit before the queen sits on the table. You can't say, excuse me, Elizabeth, pass me the salt. It doesn't work like that. For a queen, we have this protocol. Think about the king of glory. It's, that's why it's beautiful sometimes to kneel down, to say, say God, it's, it's, yeah, you're my dad. Yeah, you're my, you're my friend. Yes. You're my comforter, yes. But I don't want to forget that you are my king of glory. I come in reverence. You know, some religion, they got that part really very clear. My grandfather, I told you, you know, he was a temple priest. He used to stand before 4 o'clock. He will take this cold shower, wear this towel around, be in the front of this, you know, God, air guards, and he will do those, all those namaga, namaga, all those bujas he will do with the fear sometimes we lose that you know we are so casual amen fear of God when his life bleeds and fifth one we realize that who we are in Christ our Lord we don't have to feel rejection when we know who we are in Christ it defines our job doesn't define us our activities doesn't define us. Our titles doesn't define us. Who we are in Christ is not defined by what you do. It's defined by what He has done in you. 
Amen. And last but not the least, you know witchcraft, we talked about witchcraft. What is witchcraft, I said? Witchcraft saying, I want to do something for me that I don't have, whatever means it takes. When the life of God breathes, this is what happens. Our assignment is the kingdom. Can you see the difference between the witchcraft and the kingdom? Witchcraft says, Brother Aaron got something. I don't have it. God didn't give it. So I'm going to manipulate anything, everything that I can to get what Aaron has got. Sister Rika has got something. I don't have it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that. But when the life of God breathes over you, your assignment is not what he has or what she has or what you have. My assignment is what? Kingdom. Can you see the difference? It's the kingdom. So, you're building the kingdom. Last night we had a Zoom call. It went for more than an hour or so. We were talking. And then we went up into a conversation where it's about doctrine. Someone says, my doctrine is better. And someone says, other doctrine is better. You know how churches are divided over doctrine, over theology aspect, you know. And, and then God gave me a simple illustration and I told that person, and she was like, yes, you are right. And, 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 and that's what it is. You know, the illustration that God gave me was, you plant a peanut. What is the goal of planting a peanut? Just to make peanut butter. The kids come back from school to have peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But somebody plants a peanut. Somebody waters the peanut. Somebody harvests the peanut. Somebody reaps it, puts it in the caravan, takes it to the factory. Somebody takes out the shell. Somebody makes the oil. Somebody makes the peanut butter. Somebody puts it in the shell. Someone, father or mother, goes and buys it. At the goal of the peanut butter is not just to say, I did this, I did that, I did that, is to serve a hungry child with a beautiful peanut butter sandwich. So everybody do their job. So sometimes we look at some church and say, ah, they are only focused on miracles. Or some people, some you look at some church and say, oh, they are only, you know, externally, they are only, you know, they are only talking about holiness. Everything you put together, the end result is what? A beautiful bride formed to build this kingdom. That's why when somebody talks bad about other church, I shut their conversations. Why? Because the very person can talk about our church. Hello? I went to one place and I sat down and the pastor was telling about another church here. It's a quite well-known church. If I tell the name, you probably know. Probably you might have visited the church. They said, when I go there, the worship makes me to sleep. That's why I don't go there. I'm like, what the heck? What are you going to tell about us? I don't want to give room to that. Why? Because maybe they may not have the strength that what he has, but they have something else. I want to take that. In English, they say, eat the meat, chew the bone, throw the bones. In Indians, we don't really throw the bones. We chew the bones also. <laughs> That's one of the problems. But sometimes it's good to take the good part and say, that's good. Maybe not they have all the puzzle, but that part, they are good. I'm going to 
embrace that i'm going to embrace what god has given me i'm going to embrace what god has given you at the end of the day you're building the kingdom of god and when we talk about building the kingdom of god it's not external it's internal it's christ being formed in you amen now this is what it i want to finish off with this scripture it's really beautiful look at verse 14 and 27 i will put my spirit in you and you will live and i will settle you in your own land and then you you will know the lord have spoken and i have done it declares the lord and look at verse 27 my dwelling place will be with them i will be their god and they will be my people you know christ is desiring not just to show you your problem but to restore you through co-creating with him and he restores you so that you will become his dwelling place can you imagine that that we become the carriers of god can you imagine that you and me become the carriers of god you know what is what is uh, be in tuned in the presence of god means constant awareness of his presence internal prayers towards god and this sense of saying god you can do your work through me in everywhere i go you can still do your work through me i don't have to wait for sunday to see your presence i can see your presence even when i am driving to school when i am with my you know family when i am with my relatives when i am with my work place everywhere i can still feel your presence and i can still emulate your presence towards that's what god wants he wants us to be a dwelling place how can we arrive there to the dwelling place when we say to god these dry bones can live amen many of you have the desire to make god this place that he desires to make your life a dwelling place but some of you i believe that you only gave one area of your life as a dwelling place but there are some areas you don't want to give to god that dry area that dry bones is still there maybe it's marriage maybe it's finances maybe it's your struggle with some issues maybe it's 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 the sphere of future of unknown or rejection or maybe it's greed maybe it's the sense of like i wish what she has belongs to me bring allow god in that place let him prophesy through you let this dry bones come back to